Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Greetings from the Mile High City. Welcome to the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm John Bishop and alongside Connor Happer and Josh Peterson, we will get you ready for a big weekend of Creighton basketball. For the third time since 2011, the Creighton men's and women's basketball teams are appearing in the NCAA tournament in the same year in back-to-back years. A very impressive achievement considering how the Jays also in that time made a transition from a mid-major conference to a major conference and completely changed out their way of having to play, their way of having to recruit, and of course, their way of having to travel. So for the Jays to have done that has really been an impressive feat, and hopefully it'll be a long stay for both teams. The women in South Bend, Indiana to take on Mississippi State and then hopefully Notre Dame and the Creighton men who will take on NC State and then probably Baylor in the second round of the men's NCAA tournament. And of course, you'll be able to hear all the action on both 1620 The Zone and 1180 The Zone. 1620 The Zone, your home for Creighton men's basketball. And Glenn Sisk will have the call for you on 1180 The Zone. The Creighton men tip off at 3 o'clock Omaha time on Friday. The Creighton women at 5 o'clock. Omaha time. So back to back, get used to it. Could be a very long and very interesting weekend for both teams. Josh Peterson and Connor Happ will be along to break down both sides and both brackets. But in the meantime, we're going to give you a little piece of uh, what it has sounded like here in Denver this week. Both the starting lineup for the Blue Jays and Coach Greg McDermott were in front of the media in Denver on Thursday prior to their Friday first-round matchup. You will hear those press conferences coming up here on the 1620 The Jays podcast, which is brought to you each and every week by Barry Law, your most important assets are your body, your mind, and your future. When those are jeopardized by an injury that isn't your fault, you need to fight back and regain your life. Call Barry Law at 402-999-7777 or visit barrylawfirm.com. At Barry Law, we help defend the rights of those in need. At Barry Law, we are in it to win it. Let's find out what was on the mind of both the players and the head coach prior to Friday's tip-off against the NC State Wolfpack. Here is a bit of the media sessions for both the players and the coaches from Denver. Yeah, Ryan Kalkbrenner. Um, obviously, TJ Burns is probably unlike anybody you've had to guard with his mold and his play style. I guess after this past week of film, what have you seen from him and what are the challenges in defending a guy like him? Uh, yeah, he's definitely... A unique player. There's probably not a lot of players out there like him, but he's a really, really good player. Uh, I think just to prep for him, just watch a lot of film on him, figure out like what he generally likes to do, and just kind of be prepared for it like you would for any other big that you play. I think he definitely poses a challenge being a different player that he is, but I think I think we've prepared well for him. 
Matt Foster with KTV Omaha. Trey, all you guys up here now, with the exception of, I guess, R2, have tournament experience. How much does that change your approach heading into tomorrow? Uh, I feel like everybody knows the focus that it takes uh, going into the tournament. Uh, like I said, everybody has been here before, so we know what it takes to be able to win a tournament game. Uh, we just know that we have to take it and, you know, just have a certain level of focus and uh, kind of be mentally prepared for the ups and downs of the tournament because we know that there are going to be ups and downs within the game. So we just have to, you know, take everything into consideration and just be able to mentally be ready and physically. For, for R2 and Trey, obviously, a lot of the talk surrounding NC State this past week has, you know, been around Jarkel Joyner to Quavion Smith after you know, these past few days. I guess what have you taken away from, from watching them and, you know, their strengths and what it will take to, you know, limit them? Um, yeah, they're obviously some great players. Uh, <clears throat> they can shoot with range. They, they're quick. They can get in the, inside the, the paint. Um, so we really just got to lock in on scout. Um, coaches have done a good job preparing us the last couple of days. And, um, I think we're ready for them, and um, at the end of the day, they got a they got a guard too. So we got good guards over here. They got good guards over there. So we're gonna play our basketball, and we'll see what happens. We'll go to Trey. Uh, yeah, uh, like two said, we have we have good guards too. I feel like uh, both of them are gonna take a lot of shots. I'm pretty sure uh, they take like 45% of their shots, and I mean we just wanna limit them to the amount of good shots that they can take. So we want to make them make, take hard shots and just be able to play our brand of basketball. Like two said, they have to play on the other end as well. And I feel like uh, with the game, if the game goes in our way uh, pace-wise, then, I mean, I feel like we'll be fine. Baylor, last year when you played in this tournament, you wore a different color blue. Um, does playing in this tournament for creating a team from your home state mean a little extra to you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously being able to come back home and represent, you know, university in my home state obviously means a lot. And, you know, um, just to be able to go out there and, and, and compete with these guys, I'm super excited about it and, and, you know, can't wait for tomorrow. Trey, you, you mentioned the usage of their backcourt and just how vital they are. Looking back to Big East play, is there anybody you could draw some letters to in terms of how much they're being used and the, the shot making and whatnot? Uh, I would probably say somebody like – a DePaul type of team, like they take they'll take some hard ones, they'll take some tough ones, uh, and I mean, obviously Gibson and Terry took a lot of DePaul's jumpers and things like that. And, uh, I mean, it's just obviously I feel like they're probably a little bit more uh, high volume than DePaul. They score the ball a lot better in terms of guard play, but in terms of their usage, I feel like that's the team that we can compare them to in the Big East. Uh, Arthur, you guys have kind of had the whole week to prepare now. Are you just kind of itching to go now that you've had some practice in? You, you know who you're playing, and you're here. I mean, yeah, we look forward to this from preseason, for real. Like, this is our end goal. We made it to the tournament. Now we just got to put what we've been practicing to use. Adam Kruger, CBS Omaha. This one's for Baylor. Baylor, obviously, with the NCAA tournament, you always have a sense of urgency. But the fact being a senior, possibly your last time playing college basketball, I mean, are you soaking in the week? Are you soaking in the moment maybe more than in past? Um, yeah, maybe a little bit. You know, I'm just right now just enjoying the moment, staying in the moment, not really worrying about the future. Um, just like I said before, excited to compete with my guys and, um, you know, make a run here in March. This one is for Trey. Trey, uh, before the Big East tournament, Coach McDermott had you guys play some dodgeball in practice. Anything he's doing this week to keep you guys loose at all and, and kind of just chilling before the game? Uh, we really haven't done anything. I know that Max wants us to stay off our feet. Uh, 
Uh, it's kind of us really just trying to, you know, adapt to the to the altitude in Denver. We've been trying to hydrate a lot, trying to make sure we keep fluids in our bodies, make sure our bodies are just ready for the type of week that we're going to endure uh, and be ready for the game. So uh, we really haven't done anything fun, even though dodgeball was fun when we did do it. But, I mean, we're just trying to get ready and uh, lock in for this next game. And now here is the head coach, Greg McDermott. Well, you know, as always, uh, excited to be back. Um, really proud uh, of this team and the journey that we've been on to get here. It's been a little bit unique um, with starting the season so strong and then losing six in a row and then, you know, fighting our way back uh, to finish third uh, in the Big East. And, you know, with two weeks left, still have a chance to win the championship. So um, it's been a it's been a fun ride with this group. And it's it's awesome that it's ending uh, in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, we'll see if we can't put our best fo- foot forward and try to stretch this season out as long as we can. Joel Lorenzi, Omaha, where Mac, obviously um, what Tequavion and Jarkel do makes up so much of NC State's offense. What do you what do you emphasize into your guards and wings in terms of um, what to do to limit them and I guess the, just the game plan overall? Well, it starts in transition. Um, you know, we have to be able to slow them down in transition defense. Um, and then they're, you know, they're both very active on the top of the floor defensively. Uh, so they oftentimes turn defense into pretty easy offense. And, you know, we have to make sure that we're, we limit that as much as possible. Um, that energizes, I think, their entire team when they get turnovers and turn it into baskets. Um, but they're both very talented. You know, their ability to shoot the ball from 25 feet. Um, I don't know if we, we played a combination of two guards that can shoot it with that kind of range, with that kind of accuracy uh, all season. So it'll, it'll test our perimeter defenders. Um, and, you know, we have to – our antennas have to be up the entire time because they, they don't need much room to take a shot. Yeah, Mac, and, and how do you balance that? Because obviously – um, your drop coverage is so effective, but these guys hardly need even a sliver of a window to get a shot off. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you stay with what you do, but you adjust it slightly depending on personnel like we have all season. And, and uh, you know, we'll make some adjustments um, that we'll talk about after the game, not before. Grace Boyles, WOWT in Omaha. Coach, since the beginning of the season, this has been a special group. What does it just mean to get to this point with this group specifically? You know, I was, I was actually talking to R2 before practice this morning. Um, we have the number of the number of the practice on each practice plan. Today was practice 100. Um, and, you know, we joked about that's 100 practices, but how fast it went. You know, it seemed like yesterday that, you know, he made the comment, it just seems like yesterday we got back from Maui. Um, and, and generally in life, when things go that fast, um, it's because you're around some people you enjoy being around. And that's certainly the case with this team. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed coaching them. Um, I, I really believe that they've enjoyed being around each other. Uh, even during difficult times, uh, they had each other's back. Uh, so, you know, that, that makes this even more rewarding that uh, they've stuck together through some tough times. And we've, uh, you know, we've had some tough times together, but we've also had some, some great times together during the course of the season. And, you know, none, none greater than being back here. Hey, Greg, Luke DeCock, Raleigh News and Observer. It was a 
little bit of ancient history is a different North Carolina team, but that people still talk about that 2012 game against UNC in Greensboro. Um, I'm just curious, you know, obviously the UNC fans have a little bit of a different perspective on it. Did you feel your team was kind of unfairly maligned after that? I know Ethan took a ton of sort of abuse on social media that was probably unwarranted. Yeah, Ethan lives here in Denver, but I won't tell the Carolina fans where. Um, you know, we were not a physical team that entire year. That's not how we played. It's unfortunate that they had an injury. Um, you know, we've certainly had injuries at the end of the season that have impacted our ability to, to move forward in the tournament. But um, I get a few emails every year still from a couple Carolina fans that haven't forgotten. Uh, but, uh, you know, Coach Williams and I were great friends then, and we've made, remained great friends. I have all the respect in the world for the Carolina program, and um, we'll continue to have that. Matt Foster, KUTV Omaha. Mac, you've got a lot of guys now who have some tournament experience under their belt, unlike last year where you were playing a lot of young guys. Does that give you any more confidence going into tomorrow? I, I think it helps your preparation uh, because I, I think sometimes when guys haven't played in an NCAA tournament, uh, the emotions can get in the way of preparation, the excitement, the anxiety, the, um, you know, the joy of wanting to be there and playing that game on this stage. Uh, I think having guys that have done it, and I think we have six guys with NCAA tournament experience, you know, they understand that we, it's still preparation and we have to go about it the same way, even though it's on a bigger stage. And uh, I also think they can help the guys that haven't taken part in it temper their emotions to make sure those emotions are used um, in a positive way to help us get ready. And, and I've been very, very, very pleased with our preparation this week. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can take that onto the playing floor tomorrow afternoon. Adam Kruger, CBS Omaha. Coach, you mentioned how proud you were of this team overcoming a six-game losing streak to earn a sixth seed. Having said that, does this team need an NCAA tournament win for you, to, in your eyes, to see this season as a success? The season's already been a success. Uh, I'll never apologize for wearing a white jersey in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, there's 300-some-odd teams that are sitting at home or playing in a different tournament that would love to be here. Um, so I think it's short-sighted to look at, it, look at it that way. Yes, there were some huge expectations, and every every team's different. There were there were some teams that across the country that were uh, expected to be successful, like we were, and they they fell short as well. Uh, but I think winning 14 games in the Big East and being a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament, um, if 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 that's an unsuccessful season, then uh, we maybe need to look in the mirror and check ourselves a little bit. Greg, DJ Burns is kind of a unicorn. I mean, I'm not sure there's many guys who post up at the three-point line and back their way in. You also have the personnel to play him straight up if you want to and, and not double or, or things like that. How do you approach playing a guy like that who can pass it out of a double team but can also just kind of back you down from 18 feet out? You know, I, th I thought there were a lot of ACC teams that had the personnel to guard him one-on-one, -on -one too, and it didn't go so well for some of them. Uh, He's, he's, as you said, very unique, his skill set. Um, you know, he's, he has vision like a guard and passing skills of a guard. And, you know, not, not only does he get rid of it quick and get rid of it to the right spot, but it's to the right place. He's hitting guys in their shooting pocket where they can do something with it. Um, so you, you try to keep him off balance. And obviously, you know, we're going to try to make him play at the other end of the floor, too, uh, as much as we can. Uh, but, you know, Ryan's a, a really good defender, but he's going to be tested. It, it's uh, um, DJ scored over a lot of really talented defensive players. Um, so it, it'll it'll take everything we have to try to keep him off balance the best we can.
Vinny Benedetto with the Denver Gazette. Uh, Mason grew up around a bunch of different NBA locker rooms. I guess what kind of benefit is that to him? And then what kind of player do you think he has the potential to become going forward? I'm really excited about Mason's uh, future. Uh, He's made a good stride this year. Uh, He needed the red shirt last year, and we're fortunate that, um, you know, his parents both were college athletes and understood that he needed a year to really work on his body and and have his body mature. Uh, And his body's still got a ways to go, but he's brought us some spark off the bench with his ability to shoot the basketball, with his athletic ability, ability to run the floor. so and he, and he loves a game. He works really hard, and and you know you can tell that uh, you know that his parents and their athletic success have had it has had a huge impact on him. So um, he's been an important part of us our, our success, and we're going to need him to to shine big tomorrow. Again, three o'clock tip off time, Omaha time from the Ball Arena in Denver against NC State. Unfortunately, 1620 The Zone, as per NCAA rules, has not been allowed to stream their broadcast of the NCAA tournament, but this year there is a streaming option for you. Of course, you'll be able to hear the game on our terrestrial radio signal, 1620 AM, but this year, courtesy of the Varsity Network app, you will be able to stream local broadcasts of the NCAA tournament. It's very simple. Go to your favorite app store, find the Varsity Network, download the app. You can make your own account. It's free of charge if you want, or you can hit the skip function, and then it will give you a drop-down box of all of the different conferences and the teams that they cover. If you click on the Big East drop-down box, you will see the Creighton logo. Click on the Creighton logo, and you will be able to find our streaming broadcast, yours truly and Nick Baugh, calling the action from Denver. That is the only way you will be able to hear our broadcast of Friday's game and all NCAA tournament games if you are streaming by using the Varsity Network app, and that will be good for the course of the entire tournament. And the benefit of having that app also is you'll be able to also stream all of the other NCAA tournament games provided by the local broadcasts and by the national network, Westwood One. So again... The Varsity Network app. Make sure you memorize that, download it, and hang on to it. It's a great little app to uh, follow a lot of different college sports throughout the course of the calendar year. Again, favorite app store, the Varsity Network. And now, as the 1620 The Jays podcast continues, I'll turn things over to Josh Peterson and Connor Happer. All right, thank you, John. Josh Peterson and Connor Happer with you as always on 1620 The Jays podcast. It is tournament time, Connor Happer. How excited are you? March has finally arrived. We've been doing this since, what, like November, these check-ins? And now we finally reach the, the best time of year. Uh, yeah, this is the best time of year. This is my favorite time of year. I love college basketball all the way through. Um, and it's been sort of a, a roller coaster, versions of a roller coaster for both the men's and women's Creighton teams. I, I would say more, you know, the the men's team roller coaster had a little bit of a higher height and a lower low. Yes. Um, and, you know, so it's a little bit, you know, bumpier of a roller coaster. But the, the women had some bumps along the way, too. So uh, they're both six seeds. And um, they both have chances to to get out of the round of of 64 and into the round of 32 and beyond. So, I mean, that's all you can ask for around this time of year. 
Yep, absolutely. Let's start with the women's team before we talk about Creighton, the the men and their matchup with NC State. So interesting. So they'll be playing on Friday, same day as the as the men. They'll be playing a little bit later in the day, which is perfect. Uh, you can watch that game on ESPN News at five o'clock Central Time. Don't know the opponent though just yet. Uh, as the time that we are recording this, it could be either Illinois or Mississippi State. So just kind of looking back, Happer, on how their season came to an end. I believe the last time we chatted was before the conference tournament, maybe even before the end of the regular season. It was a team, of course, that had such a great run. After that bad loss on that Friday night at Villanova, they won all but one of their final uh, almost dozen regular season games. Conference tournament didn't really go the way that they would have liked. They only they squeaked by a Seton Hall by a point in overtime. The Villanova game, it was a nice comeback to, to make it a two-point loss at the very end, but that was one where they were battling back throughout. So you wonder how Flan and company feel going into this one. 22-8 and eight on the year. They finished 15-5 and five in the conference. And obviously, as I just said, so many of those wins came in the latter part of the season, probably bad taste in their mouth though, after that loss to Villanova and you figured that they're going to take it out on either Illinois or Mississippi state. Yeah. And, and, and I would expect that. And and the other thing is, you know, when you head into tournaments like this and you're playing against the, and we saw it last year in the NCAA tournament for them against Iowa um, and some other really, really good teams in that field. Um, and, and maybe Notre Dame will be the version of that this time around. I just they're they're really unique in the way that they the way that they play and how efficient they are on offense without you know a true big um, and how everybody can sort of spread the floor and shoot it a little bit and 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 they're crisp in their movements and all that stuff like I I just think you, you'll look through the field and you know some of these big teams like you know even the one seeds like South Carolina or Indiana I mean they don't I mean I know for sure in the Big Ten you don't see a team. You, you don't see a team like Creighton. So it's they, they're a little quicker in their pace, obviously, and they want to get up and down and score. So I think that that helps them this time of year. I mean, when to, to, to put a little bit of a wrinkle into things, now you still have to do it. You still have to play, be the best, best version of yourself. Yeah. But they, they were able to do that for what, three, four games in last year's tournament. So um, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to expect them to get back to the elite eight, obviously, um, but it's a team that's certainly capable of making it past the first weekend. Yeah, definitely. You know, such a special run a year ago and in with so many of those players back from last season, obviously they have that experience to fall back on, which has to be huge. But like you said, like to expect that, especially from the, the six seed line uh, is, is, is going to be tough. Um, if they get by Illinois and, uh, and or, Miss- or, or Mississippi State, rather, they'll go up against Notre Dame or Southern Utah. Obviously, we assume that that will be the Notre Dame fighting Irish. And then after that, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. It was a program, of course, Hap came into this year, ranked in the top 25. They were they were in and out of the top 25 at various points. I, you know, I always wonder with teams that have the, the type of run that Creighton did last year, how much of of the following regular season is about like the regular season, racking up wins, putting yourself in a good position to, to do something special, but then also doing something special. And so have they had that kind of wandering eye at all towards March? And now it's finally here. Could, I guess what I'm asking ultimately is could we see the best version of Creighton that than we've seen all season long? Oh, I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they've definitely hit spurts of really good play throughout the year, but they've been, they've been generally consistent. And I think, you know, the lack of depth on the women's side of the Big East sort of lends it to say, like, 
you got to work on yourself for for a good portion of the season as well for a few of those games and they and they were able to do that i mean um you know they they did exactly what they were expected to do i think yep. in the regular season i mean and it's you know they we talked about it way at the beginning of the year back in there back in november they scheduled really tough um and that's something that you think about around this time of year did you go on the road and play somebody unique or did you go to an environment that you're not used to playing in and play a, a team or a style that you're not used to seeing? Did you put yourself in uncomfortable situations? And I think they, they checked all those boxes way back in November and they've only gotten better, you know, November and December and they've only gotten better and more consistent since then. So I think that's how you want to do it from a scheduling you know standpoint. And then you hope that it, reaps rewards in March, and I and I think it, it, it probably should. By the way, that game, the, the first one of the tournament for the women, as I mentioned, 5 o'clock tip on Friday the 17th. So uh, depending on when you're listening to this, the game either hasn't or already has happened. You can hear it on News Talk 1290. Coil Glenn Sisk will be on the call for that one, and we'll have coverage of them as far as they go on the various stations of NRG Media throughout the tournament. And, and speaking, Happer, of, of something I just said about kind of looking ahead towards the postseason, heck, we could be saying the exact same thing about the men's team and what they have done. They find themselves as a six seed as well. Also a Friday game, depending on when you're listening to this. Robbie Lula's pregame coverage begins at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. John and Nick Ba, their coverage from the arena starts at 2.30. And that's assuming then that the uh, first game gets off on time or ends on time. That game will tip off around 3 o'clock. You can watch it on TNT. I mean, what what are we to make of this team right now, man? I, I find it so interesting that, you know, towards the end of the year, after that the six-game losing streak, you know, of course, they they found a lot of momentum. They had some some losses along the way. Um, and 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 then late in the year, they have the double OT loss against Providence. They have the two-point loss against Marquette. I don't think anything's super upsetting. But the 12-point loss at Nova, they rebound, they get a few wins, they have their maybe best performance of the year against Nova in the first round, and then another stinker against Xavier when they lose by 22. So I guess the questions that you and I have had about them at various points the last few months, they're rearing again at the worst time. (laughs) And so I find myself kind of perplexed on what to think about this team ahead of the matchup versus NC State and potentially beyond. Well, I think what I was hoping going into the Big East tournament is, you know, whether or not you win it. And I think do think they had a, you know, they had a chance to do so, especially with the way they played against Villanova in that first game. Like you said, I think I thought it was probably their most or second most complete performance of the year, maybe behind that that pink out game at home against Xavier and or one of the games in Maui, you know, the Arkansas game in Maui or something like that. I mean, it's they really put it together in that game. And they looked like they wanted it and locked in on defense and all that stuff. But the thing that I was hoping to get out of the Big East tournament was, can you put like three, you know, two consistent days together, three consistent days together, and to see the the polar opposite. And it wasn't. I mean, it was a great game that they played in the Thursday night quarterfinal against Villanova, and it was an objectively horrible game that they played against Xavier in the semifinal. So, I mean, if anything, I was hoping that you know those two performances would be a little bit closer to the middle maybe you don't play so well against Villanova and play so poorly against a Z- against Xavier so you sort of know what to expect but you're right i mean all the things that we talked about we've talked about at various points throughout the season they just i mean it's it's right there in front of you 
and and it's the same thing that we talked about a couple weeks ago. They can they can beat anybody. Yep. They can lose to anybody. We don't know what we're gonna get on a on a nightly basis. Um, so it's not a it's not an awfully comfortable position to be in for a team that a lot of people are picking to go to the Sweet 16 or beyond. Um, but it's it's you know you're gonna have to do that I think in order to really feel like this this whole run and this season was sort of worth it. Yeah, you know, I saw an interesting tweet uh, early in the week when the announcement was made and it talked about, it was from Colin Wilson of the Action Network, NC State nearly dead last in getting to the foul line. Creighton is the second best defense in free throw rate. And so, you know, as you kind of look, you know, at the various things to keep an eye on and why Creighton can win, why they could lose, this is one of those things that I think could be a nice harbinger to come, you know, it could be a positive or a negative for Creighton, just depending on how they play, of course, how they perform, but also how the game is officiated. I love watching, you know, the beginning of, of these tournament games and just seeing, okay, how are the refs going to call it and how can that work for a team? How could it work against a team? The other thing is, and I mean, you've obviously been watching and covering this team for, for many, many years. Creighton so often has run into those like defensive minded programs and like the slugfest games, Cincinnati. Alabama, San Diego State, Rhode Island. Finally, it seems like they're going to have a game that could be very appealing on the eye. It could be very fun to watch, assuming shots are falling. John and I had a chance to talk to a beat writer earlier this week, and, and he was like, yeah, if, if the shots are falling, I think that this game could be high scoring. So could we finally see one of those up and down games for Creighton in round one of the tournament? Because it, we've watched a whole lot of slugfests over the years. Well, that's not usually how it goes. I mean, usually usually that first game of the tournament is, um, you know, you don't come out with your hair on fire. And that goes, yeah. that's, that's not just for Creighton, that's for everybody. Um, so I think that plays to Creighton's advantage a little bit. And they've shown that they can really lock in on the defensive side. I mean, they're, they're, they're 15th at adjusted de- defensive efficiency um, right now. And, and, you know, regardless of what happened against Xavier in that semifinal and a couple, you know, bad ones throughout the season, they've, they've really been able to lock it in on defense. I think they've really struggled um, at times to, you know, on a nightly basis. Okay. Are we making shots? Does that dictate our pace? Does that dictate how much we lock in on, on defense? And it sort of all spirals out from there. So, I do think they can win a scrapper yeah. um, if it, if, if it comes to that. And I do think they can win, you know, a track meet if it comes to that too. Obvi- I think for this game, you'd like to, you know, if Creighton's dictating pace and tempo, you'd like to see him in a little bit more of a scrapper. Um, but I, I think they can win both games. So I think the matchups, I think the matchup is good yeah. for them. Um, I think they're what five and a half point favorites at the moment. Um, so yeah, I mean, you never know, but yep. I, I do I think they have a pretty good chance to get out of the round of 64. One more before we get out of here outside of Kalkbrenner, who do you think needs to perform the best? Who needs to have a really good game on, on Friday afternoon? Ooh. Um, well, you know, I, I, I've been sort of operating under this, but the entire year, like, I think, you know, what you're going to get from Kalkbrenner. You have a pretty good idea of what you're going to get from Trey Alexander. Um, you know, Nemhard went away in in the last game, and that yeah. was that was sort of startling, alarming. Uh, but he's been generally consistent the entire year. So if you get those three, and, and I think I always focus on those three because the other two are sort of wild cards with yep. Shireman and Kaluma. Yeah, like if you get those three with pretty consistent enough play, I know it's you know it's a three person answer instead of a one person answer, <laughs> but 
Um, you know, I think I think I like Creighton's chances quite a bit. So I, I guess out of the out of Cockbrenner, Alexander, and Nemhard, I guess I have the most questions about Nemhard at this point. So maybe that's my answer. And and I think you know if you get a consistent performance from him and he's and he you know gives you double figures as all the starters should and and, and probably will at this point. Um, and by the way. And they're going to be fine. And by the way, they're going to they're going to ride those starters. The whole yes. conversation, Josh. I mean, that's that's kind of over unless unless foul trouble trout foul yep. trouble crop, crops up. So yeah, um, that's one thing you're going to want to avoid. And you never know when that's going to pop up in the NCAA tournament. I'll throw out uh, before we send it back to John. I'll throw out Shireman, and I think that you know he's not going to be <laughs> he's not going to be low on confidence. He's going to have the confidence. Are his shots falling? And, you know, kind of when are they coming in the shot clock? Is he getting off some fast ones or or are they, you know, having a, a bit longer of a possession? Should be absolutely fascinating that game again uh, coming up on Friday afternoon at three o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin on 1620 The Zone at one o'clock with Robbie Lula, Blue Jay shoot around. Then John Bishop and Nick Bob will take over at 230. You can hear that on 1620 The Zone. And by the way, because of NCAA tournament rules, you'll not be able to listen on our website or on our app, but you can listen through the VAR city app which you can download for free wherever you download your app so if you are out and about you want to listen to the game you're out of town you're out of state whatever it is the varsity app will have our coverage 16 20 the zone should be a, a whole lot of fun and by the way I, I i think if everything stays on track i'll i'll be out there too so i'll be providing some some coverage you know if you want to follow along there as well so that's another thing just gotta go ahead and throw the uh the plug out for myself of course there you go yeah follow connor on twitter he'll tweet photos and stuff. follow connor on twitter yeah exactly you don't have to follow me i'll I'll be at a wedding uh not on friday i'll be it'll be the day before the wedding all right well uh he is connor happer i'm josh peterson uh hap i hope that well, we will do another one of these. I just wonder what we'll be talking about. <laughs> will we be doing rearview mirror? Or we will. Will we still have some games to talk about? I'm looking forward to it. Either way, Connor Happer, I'm Josh Peterson. John, we will send it back to you. Thanks, guys. And as we wrap up things on this week's podcast, brought to you by Barry Law, let's get you a look at the Creighton schedule. Weather is causing all kinds of issues with the baseball team this week. They were supposed to play a home series against Wichita State. But because of the weather, they have decided to go down to Wichita, but they have chopped a game off of the schedule. So they are scheduled to play both Saturday and Sunday afternoon at X Stadium in Wichita. Unfortunately, we will not be able to bring you any radio coverage this weekend, but hopefully we'll get the schedule all, the more, more, more importantly, get the weather to cooperate, and then we'll be able to stay on course on schedule. Of course, last week, the Creighton baseball team had to travel down to Kansas to play BYU. So again, baseball will be at Wichita State both Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. The softball team, well, they got out of here. They're taking care of business as Big East play is already underway. They will be at Villanova this weekend, starting with a two o'clock game on Friday afternoon. Again, coverage of men's basketball, the NCAA tournament against NC State, only on radio at 1620 The Zone, 1620 AM for a streaming option. Again, download the Varsity Network app and then search for Creighton and you will be able to find our streamed broadcast of yours truly and Nick Baugh only on the Varsity Network app. Unfortunately, we are not allowed to stream on 1620 thezonecom So both 1620 AM and the Varsity Network app. Then the women's basketball team taking on Mississippi State 
five o'clock tip off. You will be able to catch that on 1180 The Zone. The women's golf team is in action this weekend at the Red Rocks Invitational. Softball and baseball continue their series over the weekend. The women's soccer team will be in action on Saturday as they take on Iowa Western Community College. Tennis is at Wyoming on Saturday afternoon. And then on Sunday, hopefully we will have two basketball games. Tip-off times will be determined after the conclusion of the action on Friday. So be watching your social media accounts, gocrayton.com as well, for the latest on tip-off times. If the men and women are both successful on Friday, they will play their second round game. The men here in Denver, the women at Notre Dame, at South Bend, that will be on Sunday. Watch social media for the tip-off times for those games. This week's 1620 The Jays podcast is brought to you by Barry Law. Your most important assets are your body, your mind, and your future. When those are jeopardized by an injury that isn't your fault, you need to fight back and regain your life. Call Barry Law at 402-999-7777 or visit barrylawfirm.com. At Barry Law, we help defend the rights of those in need. At Barry Law, we are in it to win it. Thanks to Josh Peterson and Connor Happer. I'm John Bishop. We'll be back next week, and who knows? Will we be in Louisville next week? Where will the women be next week? We'll cross our fingers and hope that they are both still traveling in one week's time. We'll talk to you next week. I'm John Bishop. The 1620 The Jays podcast presented by Barry Law is a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.